A survey really means lots of different things, but essentially it's a way of asking people questions about something. And that can be a large number of people or a small number of people. It can be a large number of questions or a small number of questions. It can be on any subject, but it's a way of getting information from people. Surveys are used for a whole host of different reasons, sometimes to find out what people think, sometimes to confirm what people know, to gather information about their opinions, their views, their experiences, but also facts about them. And so it can be, uh, it can be asking people their thoughts, asking people their opinions, or asking people their experience, and, uh, or simply about them, their height, their age, their, uh, their shoe size, all these different things, all the way up to what they think about, uh, about the government or a particular issue, how much money they spend, where they shop, a whole host of different things are possible. In the era of big data, it's sometimes difficult to know when to actually ask a survey and when not to ask a survey. For instance, there's a huge amount of data that companies put out into the public domain that's already available. And so why ask the same questions again? Why spend the money to conduct the survey when you can just uh, find that data immediately available on the internet somewhere. And there are a lot of important questions there. For instance, information that's in the public domain may not answer precisely the question that you're looking to answer. Or it may not deal with things in the kind of depth that are required, in which case a survey will be required. But more importantly than that, you need to critically evaluate the survey data that's in the public domain already. Because yes, there's a lot of good, high-quality survey available, particularly to academics. But there's also a lot of bad research out there, research that's used for PR purposes, to, to deliberately promote something, or something, uh, surveys that are used to make a particular argument, uh, to get a point across, or simply surveys that are wrong. Let me give an example of how big data can complement survey data. Let's say, for instance, you're doing a survey for a supermarket about buying habits. And so you ask someone a survey about, uh, about their buying habits, what they like, what they don't like, the kind of things they buy, the kind of things they don't buy, what they think is good about a particular supermarket, what they think is bad about a particular supermarket. So that gives you your survey data. Then you can then complement that with data from loyalty cards from supermarkets. And so the massive amount of data that's collected every time someone shops and uses a loyalty card can then be linked into that data and add to, uh, add to the, the picture that you're able to generate about that person's uh, behavior and habits. Compared to face-to-face -face or telephone surveys, web surveys tend to be cheaper. Typically, they're around one-tenth of the cost of, uh, of the equivalent face-to-face -face survey. They also tend to be, uh, tend to be quicker. Uh, at YouGov, for instance, we do surveys of 2,000 people within 24 hours, uh, whereas uh, 10, 15 years ago, that would have taken a face-to-face -face agency uh, a couple of weeks, if not a, if not a month. Uh, they also tend to be more accurate on sensitive subjects. So if you're asking somebody a subject like, uh, like say, their sexual preference, then uh, to not have an interviewer there means that people uh, are more honest with their, uh, with their responses. And also, because all the data for web-based surveys is, uh, is stored on central servers, you can track responses at an individual level. And so you can relate specific data points to previous data points. In the 2015 British election study, for instance, there were surveys uh, being conducted throughout the election campaign for a certain set of respondents. But some of those respondents also took part in the 2010 British election study and the 2005 British election study, meaning you can really track things uh, across time. And then there's a lot of things you can't do on other methods. For instance, you can show people, uh, you can show people video clips and audio clips, anything that you can do on the internet, manipulating stimulus, all this sort of thing. 
that's all possible. But of course there are disadvantages. The most obvious disadvantage is that not everyone's on the internet. And so there are a group of people who are, shall we say, sceptical towards new technology and new ideas, and so you're not factoring that into your, uh, into your survey. And so that's, uh, that's problematic. And, uh, and also there are difficulties with, uh, with the fact that you're contacting people via a panel in many cases. In other words, you've recruited people previously to take part in a survey, and now you're contacting them again and again. And does that change their behavior? So these are all important questions that, uh, uh, that people have to address. When we construct a sampling frame for a given survey, we want to make it representative of the people that we're trying to survey. And so what that means is if we want to speak to a representative sample of the electorate, we need to make sure that we have the right number of old people, the right number of young people, the right number of men, the right number of women, the right number of, uh, of old women who live in Buckinghamshire and read the Daily Telegraph, or young men who live in Essex and read The Sun. In order to do that, YouGov has a panel of 500,000 people who it's recruited to take part in surveys. And then we contact a specific group from within that total panel uh, to be representative of the country as a whole. Not representative of the panel, not representative of the internet population, but the country as a whole. And so we will contact the right number of old people, the right number of young people, etc., etc., to make sure that the final results are representative as a whole. The most common mistake that people uh, do that I find when they're using software like Qualtrics or SurveyMonkey is to do with the sample. And so the sample is not representative. They will send an email out to their friends and family or they'll put an invite on Facebook and get people to go on, but it won't be representative. They'll end up speaking to just a group of students or a group of people like them. And yes, if you only want to speak to people at a university, then, uh, then that may be, uh, may be possible. But if you're wanting a nationally representative survey and nationally representative data, then you're not going to get that from just contacting your friends, despite the fact that many people think their friends are perfectly normal and all their friends agree, so that's what the nation must think. What I find really exciting about analysing data is the ability to really find out what people think. And so that can be about any particular subject, but to really understand, because often people think, oh, well, all my friends think that, so it must be true. Or I think that, but I'm not sure what other people think. But to actually find out what the nation thinks about a particular subject can be really interesting. And sometimes that can make you really happy, and sometimes that can make you really sad. I remember during the London riots, uh, YouGov conducted a survey asking people what, uh, what different methods the police should have available to them uh, to use against the people who were rioting in London and other cities in, uh, in Britain. And around about 80% of people said water cannon, as if that's some, sort of, uh, that's some sort of garden hose, and that's fine. And a third of people said live ammunition. Uh, and I just thought, wow, that's amazing. I mean, it, it's really disturbing, but it was really, really interesting. And I find stuff like that absolutely fascinating. And it, and it can be everything from that to the, fact that, uh, to the fact that the majority of people in this country think it's not appropriate for men to wear red trousers. I find that very interesting too.